girl. Welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast is all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. Girl, buckle on up because this is such a juicy episode for three reasons. One, our guest is absolutely incredible. We've got on Natalie Ellis, who is the founder and CEO of Boss Babe, which I'm sure you've heard of Boss Babe. This woman is a wealth of knowledge. She's super transparent. We talk a lot about community building and crushing self-doubt and actually how to just optimize your life and create systems and structure to like make more by doing less. It's just such a juicy conversation. And then what's really cool is it's actually recorded live. So Empower Her Live, my event that we did in September, we sat down on the couch, Natalie and I. I was dressed up as Rihanna because I had opened up the event. <laughs> I'm wearing this like red jumpsuit, you know, trying to duplicate Rihanna's halftime performance. And so we're sitting on a couch and we're just having this super juicy raw conversation. So it's recorded live, which is so fun. And what makes that even cooler is we've got the video and we decided to launch a YouTube channel. Let's freaking go. I hope you're as excited as I am. And in honor of this episode being the first of our Empower Her Live event series, and launching YouTube, we're doing a giveaway. So let me break this down for you. Basically, all you have to do if you want to enter the giveaway is first share this episode to your stories on Instagram and tag me at Keisha Get Mary and tag Natalie Ellis with one of your takeaways. And if you're someone who's like, no, Keisha, I don't love sharing on Instagram stories, you can also just comment on the video reel that I posted on Instagram with a takeaway. The reason why I want you to share a takeaway is because it's so cool when we have really awesome guests on our show that add a ton of value and are super transparent like Natalie is today to just let them know what you vibed with. So that's part one to enter the giveaway. Part two is we are going to focus on adding tons of juicy value and content for you on YouTube. So head on over to YouTube, go to at Keisha Get Mary and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And that's how you be entered. So share this episode with a takeaway or comment on the reel. And part two, subscribe on YouTube and you'll be entered to win our giveaway. We're going to do a weekly giveaway. We're going to give away a hundred bucks just as a fun way to say thank you for your support and hype of the show, but also of this new YouTube channel launching. I think this is going to be so awesome. So each week for the next six weeks, we're going to be dropping an episode that's a cool, fun, vibey mashup from the event and doing a fun giveaway by honoring one of you each week who's subscribed on YouTube and shares the episode. So that's the gist of it. I know I'm rambling, but I'm just really, really excited and I can't wait to hear what you think of today's episode. So without further ado, let's dive right in. You guys, welcome to Empower Her Podcast live. <laughs> Natalie, I'm so excited to have you sitting on this couch with me for us to have this super juicy, raw conversation. So what I wanted to start is, can you give us just like an overview of your current life right now. For people that aren't familiar with like what you're doing, where you're at in life, I think it's important to set the stage. Yes. Okay. So I am the CEO of a company called Boss Babe and we Oh, are... please. Boss Babe! <laughs> it's a big deal. 
We're a community of incredible, ambitious women and female entrepreneurs. And I also recently founded a company called CEO Mama, which supports ambitious women in early motherhood. And I also have a beautiful 16-month girl at home, and she is the best thing that ever happened to me. So it's kind of where I'm at. I'm just juggling it all, trying to figure it out. Juggling it all. Seriously. Okay. So there are a lot of women in this community that are in a season of life right now where they're trying to figure out how are they going to be present, involved moms, but also build big businesses or just build dreams that they have. And they're dealing with this like juggling act. How in the hell did that look when you first started? And then let's give us like a little fast forward. Cause like we want to know about the beginning season when it was a little bit of a shit show. <laughs> still a shit show. Um, it's interesting because when I was pregnant and planning for, you know, my baby's arrival and all those things, I thought three months maternity leave, perfect. That's all I need. I love my business. I can't wait to get back. And I think no one can really prepare you for motherhood. I think every single person in this room who, by the way, is currently a mom in any way. Okay. Amazing. Amazing. Um, no one can really prepare you for it. I think every single person's journey is very, very different. And for me, I was going into it with this strong sense of who I thought I was. And, you know, I always loved being in business. I was super ambitious and that took up a lot of my time and a lot of my priority. And when I actually had my baby, things shifted significantly for me. So I experienced a lot of difficult mental stuff during postpartum and I really wasn't prepared for it and I'd heard about it and I thought great give me three months I'll be fine and you know going back to work at the three month mark I was really struggling mentally I felt super anxious depressed I sometimes didn't want to get out of bed in the morning like I didn't feel like getting on a meeting with my team and leading my team and having this excitement when quite, quite frankly I didn't want to be there and it's hard. It's really hard. I think in the beginning, if you are going through, um, any kind of postpartum or you feel like your identity has shifted. And for me, I feel like I had to take a big step back and just reevaluate what I wanted and reevaluate how I could build something around what my priorities were. And I think that's a beautiful thing about entrepreneurship is we build businesses for the lives we want to live. And if it's not working, we get to make a change. We are not stuck in our businesses. We get to make a change. And I actually found it quite scary to say to my whole team, you know, I want to change things up. I want to do things a little bit differently because I was, you know, so scared of all the judgment. Oh, she's a mom now. She doesn't give a fuck about business. And it's like, we can't do both. Right. And it was really scary for me to actually come out and admit that, especially to people that I cared about who maybe didn't understand and weren't going through similar things. So it was a, it was a huge transition. And on the other side of it, I couldn't be happier. I really couldn't. I feel like I've gotten my business to a place now where my priorities are in the right place for me. And it feels really, really good. And I'm constantly adjusting and it's absolutely not perfect. It's chaos. We can talk about what it even took to get here. And I love it. So yeah, all the things. I love how much you're emphasizing the and part of it. It's this and this. Because I think often we put this pressure on ourselves to choose one thing or the other. And one thing that you mentioned with like the transition season is also when people don't understand, right? So whether it is someone here that is a mom or wants to be a mom, or it's someone that has a big vision of what they want to do, or maybe they just want to change career paths, right? Like they've been a marketing executive for 10 years. And now they're like, you know what? I'm really into, I don't know, robotics. Like they just want to change something up. What would you like 
What would you say to someone right now that's struggling with other people's reaction to their choices and the transitions that they want to make? Transitions are so challenging. Like you said, whether it is you want to leave that job and go and start a business, transitions are really, really difficult, especially if you have people in your life who expect you to be a certain way because that's how you may have been in the past. That is really, really difficult. I think it takes a lot of honest, uncomfortable conversations and a lot of inner work. I think we have to get really comfortable with who we are. And if we know at our core what matters to us and who we are, then that's the best thing that can happen to us. Because when we have those conversations and some people decide, yeah, I'm on the journey with you, great. Other people won't want to be on that journey with you because where you want to go or who you are doesn't align with them. And we have to lovingly let that be. We have to lovingly end some relationships. We have to lovingly walk away from some relationships and places. And I think if you do the inner work to be really comfortable with who you are and what matters to you, it will always feel right. What about if it's someone really close to you, right? Like a significant other or your best friend of 25 years or like someone that like you have that really intimate relationship. Like, have you navigated that or what advice would you give to someone that's like trying to figure out how to like even communicate to them? I'm going this direction and I don't want you to feel like I'm quote unquote leaving you behind or anything, but this is where I want to go. How do you articulate that? I've been there. (laughs) It's hard. It's really, really hard. I mean, I'm sure some of you saw the announcement yesterday. It's challenging. There are seasons where you might be going in different directions to someone that you have really, really close relationships with. And the thing that I've had to learn is that it's okay for relationships to change and doesn't mean one thing about one person and another about another. Things don't have to be wrong. People don't have to be wrong. It is okay if you do want to go your separate ways. And there's also ways to honor each other's journey without necessarily going a separate way. You know, for some relationships, you might decide this is right for us to separate and go on a different path. For others, it might just take a little bit of getting used to. Because I don't know about you, but with me and my husband, I feel like we're constantly evolving and meeting each other as completely new people. And we're still so committed to being together. And it's okay, I'm going to get used to this new person. Okay, great. We're always transforming and growing and evolving. And we are going to have some relationships that are our relationships for a lifetime. And if that's the case, we have to do the work. No relationship is easy. And if it was, it would probably be boring. And not every relationship is for a lifetime. And I think when you know, you know, and it's really important to do your own work and act in a way that makes you proud and whatever will be, will be. So did that, raise your hand, did that just hit home with someone like, oh, I really needed to hear that, yeah. Okay, so I definitely need to talk to you about community building. Because how many of you, again, are building online communities, you have podcasts, you're building businesses, put your hands up, hands up, proudly, like, this is a lot of work, right? Okay, so why do you feel like Boss Babe, like, blew the F up? And how did you do that? And what like tactical things and even mindset things would you give to women in this audience that want to grow big brands and communities? I think the thing that resonated in the beginning was we were saying things that others weren't in a way that others weren't. And so we were never afraid to have a position. We were never afraid to have an opinion. And there's a lot of fear around that these days. I don't want to get canceled. I don't want to get called out. I get called out every single day in my life. Someone doesn't like what I'm saying. And if you don't have an opinion and you don't have a position, you will just fall among the noise of everyone else. I think that was important then. I believe it's important now. 
you have to know what you stand for and who those people are that you want to bring on the journey with you. That's really, really important. Another side on the te- on the kind of tactical side is there's two things that you want to consider when you are building an audience. The first thing is how you're attracting new people to that community, to that brand, to that page, to whatever it is. How are you bringing in new people? And then second to that, how are you nurturing them? Because all too often I speak to people who are trying to build a community, trying to build an audience. And I ask them, okay, what are you doing to build that? Well, I'm publishing regularly, you know, I'm posting at least once a day. I'm doing the things, I'm doing the things. And every time they list out the things they're doing, what I see is they're nurturing the community they have, which is incredible. I think that's really, really important. And if you only nurture the community you have, you know, hopefully some people will refer you by word of mouth, but that's kind of putting your dream and goals in other people's hands. I don't like that. I'm a control freak. I like to know that I'm getting where I'm going. Um, And so you have to have a growth strategy in place. You have to have a strategy in place for bringing new people in. So generally for me, when I think about content strategy, I think about what am I doing to grow my audience? Maybe write this down if you've got no bad. What am I doing to grow my audience? What are the activities that are growing my audience and bringing in new eyeballs? That part is really important. Second, what am I, what am I doing to build my brand? What activities am I doing to build my brand? What content am I putting out there to build my brand? That part's really important to get that no like, and trust factor because you can have a shit ton of followers and no one wants to buy anything from you. No one wants to click the links. No one really gives a shit. That's because they don't know, like, and trust you. How many of us follow random pages and we're like, wait, when did I even, who is this? I don't, so often because we're served a lot of content and we might just click the follow button. But if that person is, our brand is not nurturing us, then we won't build that no like, and trust. And then the third thing is if you do have a business, which I'm sure most of you do or want to have a business, we have to teach people to buy. Whether you're an influencer that wants to teach people to buy through affiliate links or you want to sell your own products and programs, getting links out there from the beginning is really, really important because it teaches people how to interact with you. So you want to be building your audience, you want to be building your brand, and then you want to be converting. And each part of that, it's a three-part system, each part of that has a completely different activity. So an example might be growing your audience might look like viral content. It's an amazing way to get shown to people that don't follow you. Building your brand is posting something that's actually personal to you, whether it's on your stories or it's a carousel post that's giving a ton of value. And then converting might look like, you know, if you're using ManyChat, like comment, this and I'll send you this or you know this is the foundation I'm using click the link whatever it is it's teaching people hey take the next step it's those three things and if you do them consistently and rhythmically you'll get the results you're looking for so good and tactical people love you tactical Ah? (laughs) okay so the confidence aspect of that right so because you can sit here now and like feel really open about like I'm going to be unapologetic about who I am and what I'm all about and the vision that I have, the direction that I'm going, how would you recommend that people that are struggling with that aspect of even just showing up as themselves or being confident enough to call their shot on the thing that they want? Like, how did you build this? Give us, give us everything. A friend of mine says this one thing and it sums up this exact, this exact concept. People are not afraid of being seen. People are afraid of being seen starting small. That's good. 
That's exactly what it is. We don't want to be seen as beginners because then it's people from high school that are looking at us. What is she talking about? It's people that we know because the audience is small. That's the scary thing. And the only way through it is through it. And people hate this answer, but competence brings competence breeds confidence. And I know it's not the most fun answer because there's no magic pill you can take. The only way to get over it is to keep doing it. Because I can't sit here and say, the people that judge you don't matter because quite frankly, it hurts our feelings. Those people do matter. And it's it's hurtful if they do judge you. And you probably are going to get judged. And that's okay. You have to come to terms with that if you want to build any kind of career or business where you are putting yourself out there. If any of you do have that desire to be an influencer or you want to build influence to build your brand, which I think is one of the best ways you can build a brand right now is actually building influence in your personal brand. You are going to be judged and it sucks and it continues to suck. And then one day you'll wake up and you'll think, I really don't give a fuck what that person thinks. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. So, so real. So how about someone right now? Actually, raise your hand if this resonates with you. You, were, you have like a really big ass vision for your life. Hands up. Okay. More hands, please. Uh, I mean, hands, come on, please. everyone. Thank you. So how about when we get caught up in the distance between where we are now and where we want to go? right? And we're telling ourselves, how am I ever going to get there? Or look at her. How did she do that? There are some women in this audience right now. They're like, oh, Natalie can do it. Insert whatever reason, right? How do we stay the course when it feels like it's really freaking far away? I love this. I think it's really important for all of us to have those vision boards where we have the goals that feel so uncomfortable. Like I have my vision board and I'm sometimes afraid for anyone else to see it because if they see it, they know that I'm definitely not there yet. And they're like, oh, that's what she wants. So it it can feel really uncomfortable. I think it's really, really important. But our brains also need some kind of cheerleading along the way. And the best way to do that is to break those goals down into milestones because we need to prove to ourselves that we show up and get results. And if we break those things down into smaller milestones, we are going to get results along the way. And we're going to start to trust and believe and tell ourselves the story that we are the type of person that gets results. We are the type of person and it actually hits our goals. I think it's really, really important to break them down. I don't think you need to go out there and share them with everyone, but I do think you have to have integrity with yourself. So for example, something on my vision board that's so scary is I know one day I want to be a New York Times bestseller. And yes, let's go. We'll help you make that happen, right? We'll help her make that happen, right? (laughs) And I know that is far away. I'm not there yet. And so I've set myself the milestones. Okay, well, firstly, I have to actually come up with a concept for a book. Then I need to write the proposal. And there's like 10 things getting me from where I am now to that one specific goal. But every time I get closer and hit a milestone, I tell myself the story that I'm actually getting closer to a goal that I thought was so completely unattainable. And that feels really good because even if we do nine out of 10 things, even if I do everything, get the book out there and it's great and it's not a New York Times bestseller, that doesn't feel like a fail to me because I got the book out there. And so that's what's really important. Just because it's on the vision board and you don't necessarily hit it the first time doesn't mean it's a fail because think about the 10 things that you've probably done to get there. For me right now, just getting a proposal put together will feel like I'm winning the lot. Like I just need to do that one thing. But if I've got that goal sitting there and I'm looking at that, goal I'm going to keep avoiding all the small things because it feels way too big I love that so 
let's talk about this perception of failure in general. Um, how many of you have that in the back of your head? Like, I'm really afraid to fail. Or really more so, I'm afraid of someone else watching me fail and thinking that they're going to create a meaning about you, right? Please, a couple of people are like, yeah, it's me. Okay, can we just talk about failure in general? How do you reframe your perspective on this? And also speak to the woman right now that's doing this thing, and I know there are some of you in this room that are doing this, where they started something previously. Maybe it was a podcast, maybe it was training for a marathon, and they didn't fall through on it last time. So they want to start it again, and maybe they even came to this room to get around this energy and vibration to call their shot, but in the back of their heads, they still don't think that they're going to follow through because they look to their past and they're like, see, last time I did this, I didn't follow through. Can we just talk to her? Because she needs she needs some Natalie juice on this. I fail all the time. I fail all the time. And when I'm in seasons that I'm not failing, it, I know it's because I'm playing small. I know it's because I'm not willing to take risks. I'm getting way too comfortable. And I notice it. And people around me notice it. And I notice it of other people. If we are not failing, if we're constantly setting goals that we hit over and over again, firstly, it's boring because a little bit of failure spices things up every now and then. It also reminds us that we don't know everything. There's still so much further that we get to go. And every single person in this room, you have gotten to a certain level where you've been able to get really comfortable, whether it's in a job or a business or in your relationship, you've gotten to certain places where you're like, I'm really good at this and it feels really good to stay here. That's really boring. You didn't get born onto this planet to stay here. You got born onto this planet to keep evolving and growing so that, you know, when you are older, you can look back and think, I fucking did it. And it felt really good. And I don't think any level of motivation can really help you to get that if you don't inherently want that for yourself and you're not willing to actually admit it to yourself. And I think a part of that is not being willing to actually have that integrity with yourself of admitting it. I don't want a New York Times bestseller. Like, no, I do. I really do. And it's okay to say it. And, you know, all of us have, have goals that actually, like you were saying in the beginning, we do have. And we might not want to admit to ourselves because if we don't hit it, then we're going to feel like a failure. And we'll tell ourselves a story that people like us don't do things like that. But if we continue doing that, we'll look back in, what, 20, 40, 60 years and think, what, was, what did I really have to lose? Who was I really afraid of? My neighbor, Brenda, was going to think, oh. <gasps> What did she do? Like, I think Brenda. Brenda, but, but really, like, if you put yourself in your future self's shoes, she is counting on you. She is counting on you to do that thing now because if you don't do it, she's got to do it and it's going to take way longer to get to the place that you actually want to get to. So don't look for the motivation. Just look for that honesty with yourself and do one little thing every single day that helps. One little thing. Every single one of us has time to do that. Every single one of us. One little thing every single day and you will continue to tell yourself that you are the person that follows through on what you do. Even if it's just ticking off your to-do list, you followed through. Even if it was having the conversation, you followed through. And if you follow through enough, I don't know if any of you read the book Atomic Habits, but he talks in there about your brain chemistry and what actually happens. If you become the person that follows through on the small things, you become the person that actually does the big things. I think that is so much more important than the motivation. So true. And in that book, Atomic Habits, how many of you guys have read that book? It's a really great book. 
Um, one of the activities that James Clear has is called Failure Premortem, where you're essentially like writing the story of how you would fail so you can reverse engineer, proactively preparing yourself. And I think that's so powerful to think like, what are the things that normally get in my way? Who are the people whose voices I let overshadow my own and proactively coming up with a plan of like, how am I going to mitigate that moving forward? Right. So, okay, I am a very multi-passionate person. And what I feel like I'm going to learn a lot from you, even just being part of CEO Mama in the future, and just, like, you're great at picking what you're focused on right now and then letting the next thing be the next thing. How many of you identify with being really multi-passionate? Like, you have 800 million ideas, maybe some squirrels are raving in your brain. You're like, yeah, let's do it all. Okay. How the hell do you figure out what's the first best thing to do? And what advice would you give to someone that wants to start like 800 million things at one time? You know, what's so funny. If my team was sitting in this room, they would be yelling, that's a lie. That is an absolute lie because I am the worst at being able to stick with one thing. And I still do it because I think it's really, really important. So my team would say, wow, it looks way better on the outside than it is on the inside. That's that really true. I drive them insane. Um, but I really believe we have to have a parking lot for our ideas. I think it's really, really important because we need to focus on where we're going and know, you know, we've all seen that. I think it's um, in the book Essentialism where he shows the diagram of this amount of focus going in one direction, what it looks like, the amount of progress you'd make versus going in like 20 different directions. You make like that much progress versus that much progress. We've all seen that and we all know it's true. Like we can do 10 things mediocre. We can do one thing really, really, really well. I am the kind of person just like all of you that has ideas every single shower I take. And I want to run to my team and be like, we're changing our entire plan. We're going in a completely new direction. And it's probably not a good idea. And they'll kick me out eventually. <laughs> so I think we have to have a parking lot. And I don't know about you, but I'm also the kind of person where I can come up with an idea and I'm like, this is the best idea I've ever had. I get so much energy and momentum. I start doing everything. And then two weeks later, I'm like, it's not that good of an idea. Literally anyone? Yeah. <laughs> we need to have a parking lot. So for me, I'm, I love systems. Systems are everything. It's how I run my entire life and my entire business as systems. One project management software that I love is called Asana. Who uses Asana? Any other Asana nerds in here? It's the best thing ever. I have a parking lot inside of Asana, which is just a project management tool where I go and put all of my ideas and I put them there and I revisit them when I know I've got bandwidth. And it's just a good place of getting an idea out of your head and just down in one place where you know it's not going anywhere, it's not running away. You know, we tell ourselves the, the lie that it's now or never. It's not now or never. And I know if I'd executed on some of the ideas I had maybe three years ago, they wouldn't have gone as well as they would necessarily now because I've built a certain foundation that I can launch from and build from. So I think it's really, really, really important to to pick one thing and focus on it. And for those of us that are multi-passionate, let's find ways to infuse newness into what we've already got. And so this is something my mentor tells me constantly every time I take him a new idea. He's like, love it. And how can you bring some newness to what you've already got? That product's already working. Can you create a new lead magnet for it? Could you create a new module? Could you make it even better instead of launching another thing? And it always reminds me that actually I can pull my creativity into things that I already have. So many of us forget that. And we think we need to wipe the slate clean and start afresh. We all love wiping the slate clean. 
we love burning things down. Burn it all down. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so have a parking lot, whether that's in a notebook, in a, somewhere like a sauna. Have it where you can go and put all of your ideas and then revisit them when you've got time. And chances are when you revisit them, you'll realize it wasn't as amazing as I was building it up to be. <laughs> It's so real. I have. Does everyone have like ideas in the shower all the time? Oh my God, all With your loopas, you're just like, oh all shoot. Okay. I I feel like I have a new business idea literally every day, and I have to remind every myself day. like your dreams do not have an expiration date, Keisha. Like you don't need to do all of these things right now because then I become the cheesecake factory menu, and there's too many items, and I don't like it. It's overwhelming. Okay. So on that note, how do you build up like? When you have those moments of doubt where like you're calling your shot on something big, which a lot of women are going to do this weekend as they're going to get unapologetic. They're like, this is what I want to do. I'm calling my shot and going for it. And then like the doubt comes in. It's like, but who am I to do that? I don't have experience doing that. Right. And, and the story of like, she could do that good for her, but not for me. How do you manage self doubt? Cause you're doing some big shit in the world right now. Right. And it's so awesome to see. And a lot of us in this room are doing big shit, but like What's your self-talk like? What's some of like the habits that you have? How do you support yourself? Oh, it's hard. It's really hard. There's always that voice. Who am I to do this? What, what is it going to look like? What if it fails? There's always that voice. Has anyone heard of Byron Katie's The Work? That is a really, really incredible tool and it's so incredibly easy. And so you can go on her website, you can download, it's a one pager. Listen, I have a system for everything. This is my system for my doubts. Like, I love a system. <laughs> so you can go and download this one pager and it's a simple exercise that has you question your beliefs. So let's say your belief is, you know, people like me don't achieve things like this. You'll go through a simple process. I won't walk you through the exact things. It's free on her website. It's incredible. But an example of that might be telling yourself the opposite of why it's true. And like you were saying in the beginning, it's really helpful to look for clues of other people that have been there and done it. So I'll often do that. I'll often go and look at someone else that's done it and think, okay, we're not really that different. You know, if, if the only thing we have in common is that we're both human, I'm going to take it. Like I'm really going to take it and run with it. But Byron Katie, question your belief. I think it's really, really important. If you can set up a standing date with yourself to question your beliefs, it is an absolute game changer because the shit that goes on in there, it will keep us playing small for so long if we don't question it. And oftentimes when we take a real look at it, we can talk ourselves into such a different direction. We could tell our friends how we're feeling. We can speak it out loud. And it's so funny because when my friends speak out loud their fears to me, I don't know about you guys, but I hear them say it and I'm like, but you're so capable you're so capable of doing that. And I think that's the power of being in rooms like this is you're going to meet women who see your excellence, who see your brilliance, who see what you're capable of. And just being willing to be really open and honest with them and say, I really want to launch that podcast, but I feel like people are going to think this, or I feel like no one's going to download it. No one's going to care. Let them pour back into you and be that person for each other. But the work, super important. Byron Katie's amazing. Question your beliefs. Go and find other people that have been there, done it, learn from them if you can, and then get around women like this who will see your gifts and your brilliance and they will tell it to you. Natalie, juicy. I love that. So good. Okay. So in terms of like, if we're struggling with clarity on what, like, so some women in this room think that like, they've got this visceral feeling, actually raise your hand if you can connect with this, a visceral feeling in your body that there's something quote, quote, more for you. Like there's just like more, more impact. You want to make, you want to be more yourself, whatever that is. Okay. 
but they're struggling with like articulating what that thing is. Like maybe they just don't know, or maybe they're telling themselves the story that they don't know. What advice would you give to them in terms of finding clarity of what the next step could be for them to have, even if it's just another stream of fulfillment in their life? Like, what would you, what would you say? I feel like we do have clarity. I really feel like we do. Like if we get really honest with ourselves, we kind of know what we want. And we might not know what it looks like. We might not know what the path looks like, but we do know what we want. It might be, I want to spend more time with my kids. It might be, I want to have more money. It might be, I want a loving relationship. It might be, I want to work on something every day that feels like I'm making a difference in the world. Though That is clarity. That is clarity because you know what you want. Where you're getting yourself stuck is, well, I don't have a niche. I don't know exactly what my niche looks like. Well, I don't have followers yet. I don't really know what I talk about online. Like it's the specifics that hands up who relates to this. It's the specifics. It's not, it's not where you want to go because you know where you want to go and you know how you want to feel and you know what you want it to look like. It's the specifics that we get caught up on. And I don't think we can create that clarity without taking action. I really don't. I don't think that any Instagram guru can sit with you and say, these are your content pillars. If you have not been posting consistently for the past few months and figuring out what feels good. I don't think any business coach can say, this is your niche. This is the niche that's going to make you money if you haven't tried a of things before and already I think we just have to be willing to take the next logical step like every single one of us knows what the next logical step is let's say you have a full-time job right and you know that you want to start your own agency well the next logical step might be getting a client on the side two hours a week getting a client on the side you might even work for free if you're really terrified of selling get a client on the side we know what the next logical step is and when you put that out there I'm a big believer that when you show God you're willing, he will put the plan in front of you. But we have to be willing to take action. If we just sit back and ask for everything to come to us, I think we'll be really disappointed. So good. So good. So, okay, we need to speak to the identity piece, right? With like identity shifts where there are some women in this room right now, or I guess listening to this podcast, because it's a podcast, that are telling themselves, I've done this for X, Y, Z or like amount of years, right? Or I'm this, so I can't possibly change my mind. How have you navigated identity shifts? Obviously the most recent of like becoming a mom in general, but like, what did that look like? And more importantly, what did that feel like even just in your body of like stepping into a new role, right? For people that feel like they're kind of stuck of like, well, I can't do this because I'm known for this. Or I can't change my mind because I went to school for X amount of years to do X, Y, Z. Or now I'm a mom, I'm like, ah, what do I do about that, right? Identity. Give me that. Oh, identity. So interesting because I have this belief that when we are born, we start putting layers of shoulds on ourselves based on what we hear or get told around us, whether it's parents, whether that's teachers, whether that's kids at school. We put these layers of shoulds on ourselves. I should, you know, say yes when I mean no. I should stay quiet because it makes me look more polite. I should go down this path because it's the more respectable path. I should do that because my parents put a lot of time into helping me get that. Like we put all of these layers of shoulds on us and what it can end up looking like is not following a path that feels most aligned with us. It can look like people pleasing. It can look like very loose boundaries. It can look like not recognizing the person you are when you look in the mirror because you think, how did I get here? 
I really believe that we go through life putting these shoulds on. And when we go through identity crisis, it's less of I'm changing and I'm figuring out who the new version of me is, but it's more we're shedding the shoulds and actually realizing who we are at our core. And I had that big shift when I had my baby Noemi. I felt like I was having this massive identity crisis. I don't know about you, but the way I grew up, I didn't see anyone around me achieving big things. I grew up in a house where there was a lot of domestic violence. There was a lot of substance abuse, a lot of mental health challenges. I moved out of my house when I was 13 and I didn't see people around me doing anything that made them happy. I didn't see people around me making decisions for themselves. And so I told myself a story that it wasn't meant for me. And I just put these layers and layers and layers on. And for me, what it ultimately ended up looking like was, was achievement. I went after goal, after goal, after goal. And I wrapped my identity around achievement because if I achieve, I'll fit in. If I do well at school, people will think I belong here. If I do well, I'll get into university and I'll look normal. I'll go on the normal path. I'll do something a little bit different. And when I had my baby, all those layers of achievement fell off because I realized it didn't matter to me anymore. And that was really, really challenging, but it wasn't because I was changing. It was because I was coming home to who I am. And I think often when we get a message or a calling on our heart where we feel like things are changing and we're changing, we're often having that little nudge to just start coming home to ourselves. And what that can look like is starting to say no when you actually mean no. It can look like having uncomfortable conversations. It can look like handing in your notice, letting go of that really irritating client. It can look like a lot of uncomfortable actions. But the more of those actions you take, I think the more you do come home to yourself. And I think it's less of a crisis and more of just an identity coming home. Oh my, yes. Can we get a woo for that? That was good. So, okay, to the person right now who is in this place where things are really good, right? So this is a common conversation that we have on Empower Her is like when your back is against the wall and you're forced to make a change, your story is so inspiring, but you're kind of, you have to make a change, right? What about to the woman right now who's sitting in this room or listening to this podcast and things are pretty good, but she knows that she wants great. What like, what can she do to get herself to go to that next level? Like, what do you think would be helpful for her to hear from you? That's like, you deserve this. Like, you deserve this great life. Because she might be telling herself this story, which is very common. Some of you are going to connect with this. Is like, I should just be grateful for what I have. Right? Who tells themselves that story? Who tells that them that? Like, I, sh- I mean, but everything's good. Or you compare yourself to someone who is not in a position that you're in. And you're like, I, sh- I shouldn't want more. Um, Can you speak to that of like wanting to go to that next level? I think we all get to be grateful for what we have. And I think it is absolutely amazing to know that you want to do be have more. I think it's incredible because the world needs more people like us who are willing to go and do things that have an impact on the world. And by the way, having an impact on the world doesn't mean standing in front of thousands of thousands of people. For some of us, it means raising amazing children. For some of us, it means having an impact on the people that we work with. For some of us, it means impacting people in a podcast or, you know, on a platform, it means something different to every single one of us. And I think it's really amazing to have that drive and growth within you. And I think you just have to ask yourself, would you be happy looking back 10 years from now, knowing that you just let things be good? And is the pain of changing bigger than the pain of looking back, knowing you kept things good? 
I don't think it is. And we have to ask ourselves that question and put ourselves 10 years from where we are now. You know, for me personally, last year I was very close to walking away from Boss Babe completely. I was very close to selling the company and calling it quits. Because to me, I was asking myself that question of 10 years from now, will I look back and be proud of how I navigated this? And at the time, my business was demanding so much from me that I couldn't show up as the mum that I wanted to show up as. And I know my future self wouldn't have been proud. On paper, I had everything. I had this beautiful baby and amazing husband and this incredible business. And on the inside, I felt empty because I was burned out. I was like running every cylinder. I was not sleeping. I was doing everything for everyone other than me. And I knew that looking back, I'd regret that. And so I played with every single decision. Should I leave? Should I go a different path? And, and we played with everything. And ultimately I ended up staying and I changed things and I made the business work for me. And that was really, really uncomfortable. It was really uncomfortable to make those decisions because things were good. I had funnels that were working that I completely shut down because it was taking so much of my energy that didn't feel like it was expended in the right place. Things were good, but it didn't feel great. And I didn't want to look back with regret. So I think if you can put yourself in situations where you can rip a couple of band-aids off and make yourself a little bit uncomfortable, that window where you are uncomfortable is when you grow the most. Because when you constantly sit in the good, you have no reason to change. Whereas if you take the leap, if you say yes, that job that you know, you're know you not 100% qualified for, or you take on a client where you know it's going to be a big stretch if you put yourself in that uncomfortable place you will rise to the occasion every single one of you knows you'll rise to the occasion like when have you not when have you truly not risen to the occasion preach and so knowing that and reminding yourself of that it's it's huge it's so important to be on our own team like that's really what you're saying at the root of it is like how many times in the past have you met something like resistance in your life and you're like, how the hell am I going to figure this out? Raise your hand if you've ever had a situation where you're like, I have no idea. Yet here you are on the other side, often even better because of it, right? I think that's really important for people to hear. But I do want to speak to the woman right now who is struggling with something that maybe people don't even know about, right? In this room right now, she feels like maybe she's the only one that's going through this, or maybe it is postpartum depression. Maybe it is she's navigating a tough season in her marriage. Maybe she's struggling with fertility. She's struggling with like just getting herself to take action because she doesn't feel worthy because someone has been saying bullshit to her for her entire life. How have you navigated either personally or how would you tell someone who's in a tough season to like continue moving forward when it feels really, really heavy and hard? Yeah, it's really about the people you surround yourself with. If you are in that season where you're navigating something really challenging and you feel like you have no one to turn to, it's time to find a new circle. It's time to find people that you can be really, really honest with because you're not fearful that they're going to leave, they're going to judge you, they're going to have any kind of feeling about you. For me, that was a big reason I created The Mastermind was because I was navigating postpartum depression and I felt like the people I was turning to they weren't judging me, but they didn't understand. They had no idea what I was going through. And even my husband, I love him to death. He turned to me and said, can you just snap out of it? He didn't understand. And I can't expect him to because he's never been through anything like that. And I knew I needed to get around women who got it. And I wasn't looking for solutions at that time because I just believed that I was doing the things that I knew was going to help me heal in time. I just wanted to get around people that I could be really honest with and say, today was really, really hard. 
And I'm not looking for a solution, but I really just want to tell you that and be seen and have you understand. That's really, really powerful because I think if we go out looking for solutions, too often we then make ourselves wrong for the place that we're in. You know, if you're struggling in your marriage right now, going out looking for solutions is not necessarily the most helpful thing. Going out and and having conversations with people that have been there and can really hear you and see you and maybe offer an insight or perspective, point you in the direction of a resource, that's really helpful. And for me, that's what was really, really powerful. And so you're in a room like this, I think it's the perfect time to actually start to network and connect. There are so many amazing communities online that you can plug into, whether free or paid. There are so many. And if you are willing to just take the first step to put yourself in there and say, hi, I'm new here and I really am looking for someone who I can talk to about this, I think it's really, really powerful. We are not meant to do any of this alone. And I think that's what society tells us these days is we're like in this bubble on our own and we are not meant to do any of this alone. I don't think I would have came out of my postpartum season feeling the way I do had I not start to open up and talk to people about how I felt and just having them listen to me and understand and reflect it back was really powerful and then eventually people would say what about this person I've heard great things or what about this person and just being held and seen made me feel like I wasn't wrong and then I felt the courage I could go look for help and go look for solutions but being made wrong or being made like you need to fix it right away is not always helpful. So getting communities free or paid, find your people and just be willing. I know it's scary, but just be willing to be open and vulnerable and honest. So good. And I think sometimes like even just hearing that could be a reflection to someone in the room that really needed to hear that, that this problem that you're navigating you might then find a solution, which could be your next business thing, which could be your next stream of fulfillment, which could be your podcast, your book, your blog, your community in your circle, like near your house, right? Because let's tell them about CEO Mama too, what you created. Because this, essentially, you created what you wish existed, which is what I did with Empower Her. I was like, I didn't feel like there were enough women that were podcasters at the time when I started the show that felt like they were like girlfriends with me. Like we were just talking really transparently where I'm like, I'm like ugly crying on my bathroom floor. And my snot masker is getting together in my mouth and I'm choking on my spit. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I want to talk like that to people, right? And you struggling with postpartum depression. You're like, let me create a container. So can you speak to that? And maybe to anyone that is in this, like they are trying to find a solution for themselves that maybe this is an opportunity for them. Yeah. And I didn't think about this as a business. I really just thought, I need help and I know I'm not the only one. So I put myself out there and it was absolutely terrifying, but I started texting friends that I knew either, you know, had businesses like mine, they had babies the same age, younger or older. I started sending texts saying, hey, I'm thinking about creating this kind of group where we're going to meet really regularly and it's really important that we show up and that we're honest because I'm struggling and I don't know if you are, but would you be interested in coming in it with me? And I sent a bunch of texts to friends and I like held my breath as everyone responded and I was thinking, oh my God, am I going to get rejected? And a bunch of people got back to me and were like, I really need something like this. Yes, please. And we put a standing date on the calendar and we just started showing up on Zoom. You know, we're breastfeeding. We've got puke all over us. We're crying. There's all these things going on. All the things. And it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> all the things. 
But we started showing up and we started supporting each other and it was the best thing I ever did. And all it took was just asking, would you be interested in getting on a Zoom with me every two weeks and a bunch of other women? And I was like, I promise I'm going to curate a really great group where we can all feel safe and actually speak what's on our heart. And then it just organically turned into something where I thought, okay, if we needed this, more women need this. And so I created another container Lindsay, who is in this room with me, was like, I want to help because I needed this so bad. And she started uh, curating this with me. And we just put together these groups of women. And it's been incredible. I don't think there's a call. I don't get off. And I've either cried or I'm crying. Because to just see that kind of transformation and see those women support and, and, and hold each other through things is incredible. And that's literally what it looks like to solve your own problem. And so if you're in that place where you are thinking, you know, there isn't a solution for what you're going through right now, you don't need to think about it as a business plan. Oh, I wouldn't make any money or I don't know how I'd scale this or what would a funnel look like? Because we can get so tripped up. Just think about what would it look like to actually solve it for myself? And if it works, could I go solve it for other people? And would that feel good to me? Would it feel meaningful? Would it feel like work that I'm really proud of? And if yes, great, go and do it. And if no, go try something else. But that's all it was. That's all it started at. And I just absolutely love it. And I just really encourage more women to just send the text. Just say, hey, this is something that I'm thinking of. If you want to say, I'm like, I'm very British. I'm like, if you want to say no, it's totally fine. It's totally, like, I don't mind at all. Just say no. Like, I really don't mind. Even though inside I'm like, oh my God, please don't say no. It's okay if they say no. Just send the text. I feel like that's such a good permission slip that we have to learn how to give it to ourselves. But for someone maybe in the room, like, needed, give a woo if you needed to hear that. Yeah. Because honestly, like, you also don't recognize who's going to benefit as a byproduct of you going for this. Because even just sitting here with you, Natalie, you know, that I'm going to get to be part of this when I have my first baby boy. I was looking for something like this, and you created it. And it's like you had no intention when you first started, just like some of you will create communities or meetups, like, local to your city and connect women together that are struggling with the same thing or training for something or going through tough seasons in their marriage or new moms or whatever it is. You have no idea who's going to benefit as a byproduct product of you calling your shot and going for it. So to close this out, I would love if you could just give a little bit of like a pep talk to them. If there are women, which I know there are all of you that have something on your heart that you just like, you need a little nudge, like a little like booty smack, like to do the damn thing, a Natalie booty smack to do the damn thing, to be unapologetic about chasing the thing that they want. She's like, where am I going to go with this? All right, let's, let's hear it. I mean, for me, all I think about is like, what really matters to me in this world? Who really matters to me in this world? And do I ever want to let them down? And whether that's you, whether it's yourselves, whether it's your family that are counting on you, whether it's your babies, whether it's your older children, there are people in this world that are relying on you to do the thing. And it's so much easier to let ourselves down than to let down people that we care about. It is so much easier to let ourselves down than to let down people that we care about. Hands up if you feel that. So think of those people when I'm terrified. I was, I did my first keynote, I think it was last week. I was terrified. I don't think I slept for two weeks. And I was so scared. I literally took Noemi with me because I know I needed to see her backstage to know why I'm doing it. So think about who that is for you and think about who are you so afraid to let down. If right now it's not yourself because you're procrastinating, think about who it is that you aren't willing to let down and visualize them, put pictures of them on your desk, you know, carried in your handbag, wherever you need it, 
put it on your phone desktop and remind yourself why you're doing it. You're doing it for those people that are really, really relying on you and counting on you. Like they're counting on you to show them that it's possible. They're counting on you because you maybe provide for them. They're counting on you to set an example. When we really think about the people that we're impacting, we stop thinking about ourselves and fear doesn't really exist if we're not thinking about ourselves. So that's my little Oh, that was good. All right, everybody, Natalie Ellis. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend. Like, send it to her right now. Or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.